Are you a busy woman who at times struggles with reducing your daily stress? Do you know that you need to slow down but do not know how? If you're looking at reducing your daily stress, you're in the right place. My name is Denise Eckert and I welcome you to the Calm Your Daily Stress podcast. I just love interviewing guests so they can share their stress-reducing tips and techniques with you. Now, if you find this podcast helpful, please share it with someone who struggles with stress because lowering our stress will make us a better person, a happier partner, mom, friend, neighbor, etc. And the best part is happiness is contagious. Enjoy this episode. My name is Denise Eckert, and I'm the host of the Relaxation Lounge. And I love coming on here and sharing different techniques to help you lower the stress in your life. Because stress is just not good for us. And today I have Lily Beyond, who is a certified life and executive coach and a positive intelligence mental fitness trainer. Before shifting her focus to helping ambitious humans love their life again, she was a managing director in the startup world, New York-based art consultant and multi-awarded event designer. She studied behavioral psychology, media, and communication design in Vienna and Berlin. Lily knows what it's like to suffer in your own identity crisis. So that's why today we talk all things what makes up an identity, and why we should tell ourselves better lies. So welcome, Lily. Hello, Denise. Thank you so much for having me and for this kind of introduction. What inspired you to do this type of work? Oh, that's such a good question. So yes, I want your your identity story. <laughs> yes, so that's so cool. So where do I stop? Yeah, maybe at the beginning, it's a very good place to start, as to the enders would say. So the thing always was, there was I always felt this kind of tear between heart and head. Maybe you can start there. It's really this point of things that in my heart felt but were right. And things that the head meant was logical, made sense, fitting into society and social norms, going to college, university, all this traditional path and things you should be doing with life. I was always more the creative, artistic kind of type really trying to make that work in a more traditional like binary world in a sense and it was so interesting that battle and really this feeling of like a win how do I really feel when I follow my heart and how does it feel to think and act and live from the head so in more practical terms I was as you mentioned like managing director in the startup world this was for me like a way to yes we create solutions it's not just about asking questions, which I love about the art world. So we make up space, we open up space to ask better questions and think, re-challenge our rules that we set ourselves. This is what I love. And getting into solution mode was really a first attempt. But what I was noticing there is that still people were trying to figure out solution for this life's challenges of society and environment. But Still, I felt there was something missing, like a heart piece was missing. And I was seeing all these founders and even billionaires and top executives burning out on the way to creating something meaningful because they are thinking from their head and somehow missing their heart space and really what their body is trying to tell you and what really feels cohesive and good. And this is what kind of brought me to this work of experiencing my own burnout in that sense of doing everything just to look successful on paper but eventually really feeling empty inside and yeah, how to fill up that cup again. That out. Yeah, I can relate to that because I used to be in the corporate world too. And it was what you needed to do and how you were supposed to be. 
And it just didn't feel right. I didn't fit in anywhere. So when you were starting to go through, you know, recognizing your own identity, what are some of the steps that you took? I took a very logical approach or I tried to find the logical approach, like what are studies that university provides and where in which bucket would I fit in the best kind of where like almost like a cookie cutter and kind of where can I squeeze in the most to, to kind of fit in. This was really step one, just trying out things. I think this was a really healthy phase. I, I really remember that moment after a big event we had then also in Tokyo, Japan, where I lived half a year. Coming back home, totally like really crashing on the floor in our Imperial Palace where we hosted our event, like literal physical shutdown. And slowly, slowly picking my pieces up again. And I was at this point like, hey, I want to nourish my mind again and my soul again. And I was really laying out like, I think, 15 different study paths. And I was like, okay, what are studies out there? What could I nourish my mind with? And different streams I could, pathways I was kind of mapping out and saying like, okay, where could I see myself with? What other people were proposing that are available? I mean, coaching was not on, a, on the horizon yet, but really like allowing myself, like, where would I fit in? Or what would most of my percentage kind of fit in? Like if it's 60, 70% of what I like, it's good enough. Really starting there and, and playing around with that. And then really slowly, slowly just asking better questions and then challenging my answers again of does this really is this really the right thing would I really just do that or can I find a combination and really challenge my own rules so it's then really the evolution of that <laughs> now what are the benefits of becoming one with your real identity asking all the good questions <laughs> I mean What's the benefit? I mean, what's the other side? So if you are just living an identity that people assume or that are just out there, like go to university, do that, get the white picket fence, do all the standard things, get the kids. If you just do these standard lives, you also can be fulfilled in a sense because some part of you is checking boxes of like, yes, I fit in somewhere and create a sense of belonging. So there's actually no real reason not to do that it really is when you have that little voice this little nudge inside of you that says like hey there's something else there's something else this is just a pit stop or this is not where you fully belong there is something else out there and I always had this this voice and I was always using it against myself and I really recall also when I was studying in Berlin I literally had I think two or three different friend groups because I wasn't considering how I could merge them and I was kind of assuming an identity for each of these groups like ah oh, this was so exhausting in a sense and then really that was really had to listen to my body and say like hey okay I cannot split myself up in all these parts anymore this is really the point of like what's the benefit for me it was really feeling whole again yes you might feel lonely for a while because it's really just me, myself, and I for a moment right there. But, oh, this this time can be so healing and so recharging, re-nourishing to just acknowledge certain parts of your identity or what you just like to do. I mean, for example, I, I remember a creativity assessment or like a skill assessment, and they were asking, like, how creative do I feel every day? And I was literally rating myself to zero 
And my back then boyfriend, now husband, was like, seriously, you're creative all the time. You create, you upcycle furniture, you create visual things. I'm a designer by trade. And I still rated myself zero because I was assuming or comparing myself to someone else. Like stuff like that. It's so, it's really breaking ourselves up into little pieces, trying to fit into several puzzle pieces <laughs> versus really creating your own puzzle and your own shape. Now you talked about not being your authentic self and being someone that someone else expects you to be and creating different personas all across the board with different people and different groups. Can you talk a little bit about that, like how that affects your stress level and burnout levels? Yeah. So you can be something for someone else. I think there's always these two sides to the same coin. I mean, it's healthy to anticipate and serve to someone's needs to a certain extent like i mean i work now with positive intelligence with all the this the saboteur team in a sense like all these people please a hyperachiever rational the avoider like all the aspects of us that everybody has in us there is a healthy aspect in that like really for the pleaser for example one of my strong parts it's Yes, there is this healthy essence of like, hey, I want to anticipate. I want the other person also to feel understood and I want to care for the other person. I want to be useful in this world. So there is this healthy part. It's really just a matter if we overdo it and really overdrive and lose ourselves in that equation. Where I feel like this is this healthy thing we have to just look out for. And this is what I... I love to share here, maybe to inspire your women to see like, how can you create a healthy check-in with yourself while, even while you're having a conversation. And I think one of the most powerful coaching exercises, even that I learned from the very beginning was having this, such a kind of a, an eight, a figure eight. And you kind of visualize that going into you and really going this way and going out to the other person and really having that as a flow, like almost like a flow of breath. And really just checking in with yourself. Hey, are you still feeling good? Yes. Okay. How does the other person feel? How, what are you noticing from them? And then checking in with you. It's not just you or not just them, but really how can it be like the flow of the breath, right? So how can it really be a flowing practice? And I think also there we have to give ourselves permission that it can be that. It's not just this or that. Again, that binary thing, but really where are the nuances? Where this, this checking in ability? Yeah. And that's really hard too. Cause I remember I, I had one position or one career path for a while and it was horrible. Cause I was young, I was single. I wanted to go out and have fun and they wanted their employees to have a family, to be stable, to own their house. And I was definitely not who they were looking for. So I just did not fit in. And I just couldn't stand this job. Like it was a great job but I didn't fit into the box. And I ended up getting really stressed out there. I suffered burnout because you just didn't, I didn't feel like I was enough. I always had that feeling that I wasn't enough. So you end up doing more and more and more, but it wasn't even that it was, it was, they didn't want someone that was where I was at in my life. And, you know, so I ended up finding something else after that, that, fitted my personality and where I was in life. And I just loved it so much better. I felt so much freer. I felt like weights have been lifted off and I, I just felt like me again. And that was a very important part of life 
that no one really talks about. You know, they just, okay, you got to, you have this, whether it's a cultural, your parents or whatever, it's like, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do this. But if that's something that you don't want to do, or you're not passionate about, you're basically living someone else's life. Just a quick break, because I need to share this with you. In the past, I had a lot of pain in my shoulder, my knees, my ankle, and I know it's from my background of playing baseball. I used to be a carpenter from driving and even working on my computer. I tried everything, and still I'd be on the couch with my heating pad in pain. Well, lately a friend introduced me to a new product called NutraSwish. Things changed for me. I'm not kidding you, within days, no pain. And now I've been taking it for a few months, and what a difference. NutraSwish is all about glutathione. I didn't even know what glutathione was. Well, you know what? I sure do now. If you are experiencing pain, especially nerve damage, I encourage you to take a look. You can find out more in the show notes or go to www.therelaxationlounge.info and there's a tab above that says pain. Back to the show. Maybe so, the problem is that we are just assuming the second step, which is just really missing this first step of this introspection and just getting ourselves to know better. Because like people suggesting us things and what they notice could be right offering. I think this is still, again, there is something healthy in there. It's really just this, as long as we don't have a full understanding of what we really like and then what does really feel good to us, this is when we will never really... This is where we will adapt to the other person's idea of us and what should be right. And yeah. yeah. Now, someone that's listening that is struggling with being their authentic self in their lives, what practical steps can they take to move out of that and start being or discovering their authentic self? I guess that's the first step, right? Discovering what you like, who you are and what you want to do. So what would you suggest as a first step? Oh. So what really was for me such a healthy playground almost really learn to notice like oh what do I really like what I what do I really feel good and what does my heart starts glowing almost what do I really feel in a body reaction not just like a logical mind yeah this makes sense because of this and that I feel like always the mind is like like a stapler almost trying to make sense very sharp but really, when you check in with the body and the heart space, it almost feels more, more subtle, yeah, more like the scissors trying to shaping things and creating things. And for me, really, the tool that helped me fine tune that and really learn that body reaction. Honestly, it is about self integrity in that sense. Can you say it's hey for clothing, for example? Hey, yeah, I like this color on me, or do I just like it because it's there and it would be a waste if I get rid of it is there the whole paragraph of arguing why you should keep that piece of clothing or is it really just a yes i just feel good in it Ooh, and somehow it makes me stand up taller and somehow my eyes glow and somehow i have a smile when i just look at myself in the mirror like picking up those clues just allowing yourself oh those are the little signals just have been ignoring for the longest time and never learned to just pick up on and then get familiar with like, oh, what, what really suits me? Am I really just liking it 
because maybe I was gifted to me or handed down to me or was carrying on for the longest time. Or it had some sentimental values. I mean, this is, this is some of the, the advanced pieces to work with. But like, if there's some, I would really challenge a listener if they think, okay, how can I find that thing and really learn to feel like myself again? And then what really feels good to me, not just because it's a trend or makes sense for someone else, or it would make sense in the chronologically order of your resume or anything. But what would really feel good is really feel good. Not this constructed head thing, but really from the heart. I would try to play with a piece of clothing or a color. Like, oh, is it more this color or this color? Maybe comparing also is a good starting point. Like if you have two pieces where you feel like, oh, somehow I pick more this other piece and I'm just challenging. Like, hey, what piece really feels good? And just staying with that feeling for a couple of breaths. And just getting familiar with this glowing. As from, for me, it's really in this middle part, solar plexus, chest area. This is such a glowing, buzzing feeling that I really had to learn to, to find, to really notice. This is not just some, some like in the night, night sky. It's not just an airplane flying by. No, no, this is a star. This is my North Star that I can come back to and orient myself towards. Maybe that will be a fun exercise. Why is it once that stressful events ends, we get sick? We we work, 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 and then things slow down and whatever. Why do we get sick after that? Oh, yes. One of my favorite topics. <laughs> so interesting because we somehow then, I mean, several things can happen. Either we are afraid of slowing down and we keep going because we're afraid to get sick or to have that downtime. Or we, or our body really shuts down and says like, okay, now I can't no more. But the thing that's really happening is there are two different things happening in such stressful events. So you have the stressor. It's really the thing that's kind of calling your attention right now. If it's a deadline or an event or some kind of scheduling thing that's happening, it's really causing attention and like, hey, this, this is happening and I don't to be fully on it. You're focusing on that. That's the stressor and you have to be on it and you have to perform for that and you have to deliver for that. But once that's completed, once that's off the schedule, the event happened, the deadline happened, then suddenly you're left with the feeling of stress, with the feeling that your body still carries in that moment, it was holding on to. So how do you digest really this stress feeling afterwards? There's this beautiful exercise that comes out of trauma work where they noticed even with animals and, and and lions and then gazelles and stuff that they really when when after a chase they they shake the body yeah or horses yeah so why do they shake they literally shake it off to to show the nervous system it's really this regulating exercise to show the body ah we're safe it's, it's it's safe to be here or you can also stroke your arms but really like shaking it off and this is why I think we also love to dance at some point like it's just this easy easeful jumping and then shaking and then showing the body really no it's safe i got this it's over it's over it's over we are safe this could be a very powerful thing to help i mean you might still there might still be a dip let's call it like that but i hope it's not going to be a crash you can really anticipate like hey i want to be gentle too okay i'm not just pulling the plug and getting sick for two weeks 
but how can I be gentle to me and really pick myself up so it's a softer landing? What recommendations do you have to give a softer landing? Yeah. So I would really say it really starts with your own self-talk that you're giving yourself during that time. Because what I notice most with people who are, I mean, I work mo- I work mostly with people who just had a burnout. Mm-hmm. I'd love to work with those to prevent burnout. This would be my ideal client. But really, the more I talk to people, it's either they want to prevent the next burnout. So they already see it on the horizon, like, hey, that's happening. Like, we're heading down there if I don't change something. Or they just went through it. And now they have to be picking themselves up again. But what I really would recommend is your own self-talk in that moment. How are you talking to you? Would you talk like that to another person? Like, hey, just make that happen. Just this one email and then you're allowed. Or just finish that and then you can. Or you're not allowed to chill until this is really finished and done. Like, is this. Or you can really even imagine, like, hey, would you, if you had that boss who talked to you like that, would you perform at your best? Or would you prefer more the boss that says, like, hey, we got you. How can I help you? Who, how else can we solve this? How else can we figure that out? What would you need right now? How can we, how can I take care of you now? Like, really starting with self-talk and some, not that you say, like, hey, I'm magnificent, I'm strong, I'm powerful. Maybe that's too far a stretch right now, but hey, I'm taking care of me. I'm really, or even setting timers, like, hey, I want to scratch my shoulders and I want to breathe for a moment and allocating. Sometimes I have those moments too, when, because I have my chronic headaches, I still have to take care of me onto myself because my mind is very strong. It wants to race all the time, but I have to come back to, no, 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 my body needs, has a different pace and Giving myself just today, actually, I had a moment where I was like, I really was standing still. And I think I was even leaning on the staircase for, I think, 10 seconds or something, a couple of breaths. And I was like leaning like this. And I was telling myself, I'm recharging, recharging, recharging. And I was almost visualizing a little battery charger filling up like power charging. We have such power with our self-talk to really nurture us or deplete us. And really just play with that. Like, hey, what? You can try both things. Like, hey, forcing yourself and whipping yourself through the finish line or allowing yourself, hey, just two seconds can be enough. Like a deep breath in and out. How can this be as recharging as a 10-minute meditation right now? Yeah. Allowing yourself to play with that. In general, it's playfulness, right? That we need more in this clean situation. Absolutely. I've talked to a lot of people in regards to burnout and they're always, oh, I don't have the time. I don't have the time. But you you take those five minutes or the 10 minutes, which is not a lot of time, and you let your body and your mind recharge or just relax or realign or whatever your body needs at that moment, it makes all the difference. I find when you get stressed out, you start stressing about time. You know, I don't have the time. I don't have the time. I don't have the time. But that's negative self-talk. And I love what you're saying that, you know, just checking in with yourself. What do you need right now when you start feeling stressed and when you need to make that switch? That's great. Great advice. I love that. Yeah. 
So I understand you have a free meditation audio for the audience. Yes, so I created a five-minute Finnish strong audio that I would like to offer you if you feel like just a little pick-me-up. I call it like an espresso for your soul and for your mind, just to allow yourself these couple of minutes to just look outside the window and, and let that listen and allow yourself really to even visualize this little recharging bar and let that recharge you. And set a strong intention for the rest of the day. It really allows you to feel like, how good does it feel if I have that good conversation with me? That's amazing. Yeah. So anybody who's listening, the link will be in wherever you're listening or watching. Now, can you give us Lily's wise wisdom words? <laughs> oh my, understanding your own physiology and feelings. I think it's the most beautiful adventure. I was neglecting that for the longest time. Understanding like the most important relationship is the relationship you have with yourself. It got me angry, literally. I was so annoyed at that sentence. <laughs> it took me years to really understand it, but take it in small doses, like really getting into that anthropological headspace of like, hey, I just want to get to know myself a little better. Like, what am I sensing right now? How does it even feel in the body? Trying to just explain, like describe to yourself or to as if there were another person, how what you're feeling right now. How's it literally feel in your body? Is it dense? Is it heavy? Is it light? Is it buzzing? Is it glowing? And then really allowing yourself to be more playful in your conversation with yourself. That would be my biggest wish for you. Wonderful. Yeah, you know, life doesn't have to be so serious, right? <laughs> That's so true. Bring a little sparkle and a little magic back and watch yes. it unfold. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Lily. I enjoyed this conversation and I just take that step back and take a look at what makes them happy. You know, that's really important in our lives because when we get stuck in that hamster wheel, we do, 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 but that's where we hit the stress wall barrier and that's where we hit the burnout and it's really hard to come back from that sometimes. So true. You can give yourself permission to feel good. Absolutely. Love that. Well, thank you very much. And if anybody wants to contact Lily, her information will be wherever you're listening to this. So thank you so much. And I'm just going to leave you a gentle reminder to slow down and enjoy life. And I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Calm Your Daily Stress podcast. Have you ever wondered what your stress personality is? Are you a self-care goddess or a burnout queen? Well, you can find out by taking my free quiz. You just need to go to www.stressquiz.info to find out where you rank. Sending you love and peace and I'll see you in the next episode.